Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. Do you really need a strategic plan? It's a good question. I've worked with a lot of companies that have been successful without doing strategic planning, or at least not a consistent strategic planning process. Here's the challenge. There is no denying the challenges that we face today in the workplace. The economy, uncertainty in the world around us, increased emotional complexity, rising unhappiness, all of these and more are making it even more difficult to focus our energy on high-value efforts. And I define that as efforts that, that bring value to the individual, to the team, to the organization, and preferably efforts that only that person can do. It may not always be that way, but leaders should be leaders and should spend most of their time doing things only they can do. If they go down into the weeds and start doing the day-to-day work that others could do, there are a lot of issues that come out of that. Planning helps to identify the right roles, the right actions, the right pathways. How good are you at strategic planning? I mean, it's that time of year, right? We probably should try to think about how are we going to finish the end of the year strong and how are we going to go into 2023? What are our strategic goals? And even more importantly, how are we going to reach those strategic goals? Go back to the question, how good are you at strategic planning? Next question. When you do have a strategic plan, how often does it get implemented the way it should be? Would you be surprised to know that the average success rate for creating a strategic plan is in the mid 60% range? So 60 to 65% of organizations come up with a strategic plan. Maybe not consistently, but that's about the right number. Then consider that the average successful implementation of a strategic plan is in the low to mid 40% range. So of that 60 to 65% of organizations who create a strategic plan, only slightly more than 40% of those actually get the plan implemented. Why? Here's what I've been hearing from people. First on creating the strategic plan. How do we plan for the unknown? Everything is so volatile. How can we make a plan when we have so many open positions? The supply chain has created roadblocks we just can't plan for. It is difficult to plan for people. Change is happening so fast, how do we plan for that? 
We are already successful. Why should we even bother with a strategic plan? Then on the implementation side, these are things I'm hearing as far as why people don't get their plan implemented. People are already at their max. We're just too busy. The KPIs don't make sense to people. Employees are disengaged. Our leaders are not equipped to implement the plan. The change will be too much for people. I could list many more in each of these areas, but you get the idea. On the surface, as you and I look at these, they seem fairly simple to solve. However, in the heat of the daily work effort, things are not that simple. In addition, it is never just one of the above. It's usually several of them combined. A complex web of roadblocks that keep strategic plans from being created and then being implemented. So go back to the question, do you need a strategic plan? When I say that word or that phrase strategic plan, what does it make you think about? How does it make you feel? I can tell you personally, it's a daunting task to me to think about creating a strategic plan, but I know how important it is. And I have worked for years to find a better way to create a strategic plan. In the past when I've done it, and when I've helped organizations do it, a lot of times it falls flat. And there are a lot of good reasons for that. People don't buy into the plan. They don't understand the plan. The senior leaders come up with a plan, but it really doesn't resonate with the rest of the employees. The plan isn't very realistic. It isn't attainable. There are so many different reasons why creation of a strategic plan and implementation can fall flat. But having a plan is a lot better than not having a plan. Let's talk about that. I've met with a lot of organizations that struggle with strategic planning. As a matter of fact, most do. Some are successful and they don't even think they need one. And in some ways they may be right, but at some point, how do you scale? How do you grow? How do you plan ahead for the resources you need, the talent that you need, the focus that you want to have going forward. What I've noticed in organizations that don't have a strategic plan, they tend to operate in a way that one year is repeated the next year and is repeated the year after that. Meaning it is just a year to year thing without a planned scaling or growth process built in. There is an underlying sense of, well, we'll just sell more or we'll improve something and that'll help or we'll do this, but it tends to be very tactical in nature.
it's good for them. I'm glad they're successful. But are they as successful as they could be? There's a hidden cost to not having a strategic plan. Here are some of the things that we should consider when you think about not putting a plan together. Number one, stress levels tend to be higher where there is no plan. You're just ramping up levels of stress because it's very reactive. There is a clear path to being a reactive organization when there isn't a plan to follow and a plan to help you grow and scale and do the things that you want to do. Secondly, turnover tends to be greater because people don't really have a plan they can rely on. People want to know where we're going, how we're going to get there, and what their impact is. How are they going to impact the success of their team, their organization? The third thing to think about, opportunities can be lost or maybe never even identified if you don't have a plan in place. It's easy to fall back and become complacent when you're successful, when you're profitable, when productivity looks okay. But are you really operating at your highest value? And are you building on the future and for the future? There's another thing to think about. Alignment of people and engagement usually suffers when there is no plan. People don't know what the plan is because there isn't one. Therefore, they're less engaged. The alignment is less because there really isn't a clear path and direction. Teams may be operating on their own. They may have micro plans. But do all of those things align and come together for the best possible competitive advantage? The answer is probably no, even when there is no plan. Innovation is much lower in organizations without strategic plans. We know this from research. We know this from just observation. When you don't have something to shoot for, true goals to stretch, and not just a revenue goal, of saying, oh, we're going to increase sales X percent next year. That's just doing the same stuff over and over. That's not necessarily where innovation comes from. Innovation comes from having a plan that includes scaling and growing and thinking about what is the technology of today? What is the technology of tomorrow? How are we going to take advantage of those things? How are we going to improve market share? Are there new markets we should be entering? There's so many things involved in a plan. So there's some real costs, and they add up in a hurry. Now, I've spent a lot of time really setting up to the point that I want to get to. Strategic planning is not and should not be an easy process. It is something that's very important 
It's something that we need to focus on. And it is definitely something that will make a difference in the long run. But a lot of organizations have fallen into the trap of being too busy to plan, being too stressed to really stop, take the time, assess what's working, what isn't working, identify the changes that need to be made, and then make the plan to move forward. Let's talk about how to change that dynamic. There are easier ways to do strategic planning and, frankly, more comprehensive ways to do it. A strategic plan at its core is coming up with goals that we figure out how do we get there? How do we get there? But it's it starts with this is where we want to go. And so many times those goals are not necessarily based on good data, on a good assessment of what can be achieved. So how do we get there? Over the years, as I've worked with many different clients on their planning processes, something has become very clear. And it's the same way with my organization. We need to do strategic planning. But what I've learned is we're not going to call it strategic planning. We prefer the term success pathway. Now, that may just seem like terminology, you know, semantics. Are you just, okay, is that just a word you came up with? No, it's a very specific concept. It's a model of planning that is far more effective than this traditional strategic planning process. Why is it more effective? Why do we call it that? A strategic plan tends to focus on the desired outcomes and usually does not cascade the needed action steps throughout the entire organization. And that's key. I am sure that it can be cascaded down a level or two from the people that are creating the plan. But does it really get through the entire organization in a way that is understandable, in a way that everyone can wrap their arms around it and engage with it? And this, this is simply human nature, why people don't create strategic plans and then have a hard time implementing them. And think about outcomes. Let's increase sales by 50% next year. We will achieve net profit of 10 million in 2023. Those are wonderful goals. But if that's all there is, how do you get there? And even if you put action steps to it, who do you involve in creating those action steps? Is everybody in the organization involved in understanding their role in a success pathway that gets you to the outcomes that you want? A success pathway is a comprehensive plan that provides a step-by-step -step approach 
to ensuring every employee has the opportunity to succeed. Let me demonstrate. You start with a success pathway for the entire organization. And of course, that's for a specific time period. Let's just call it one year. That's the normal time period. After that, you then create a success pathway for the executive team or the the senior leadership team. Then you create a success pathway for each team in the organization. Then you create success pathways for every leader, manager. Then a success pathway for each employee. And I would include even contractors in that. That sounds like a lot of work. And in some ways, yeah, sure it is. It's a lot of work. But here's here's the benefit of doing that. It becomes easier as you complete them. You get better at completing these success pathways. It's a lot less work than struggling through the year without a plan or trying to implement a strategic plan and manage to it that is not well accepted. If everybody has skin in the game, every individual, every team, every leader, if everybody has skin in the game and they know what their success pathway looks like, you're going to get much higher engagement levels. You're going to see people truly want to align and be successful. And you're going to clear up a lot of the uncertainty and lack of clarity that most organizations face on a regular basis. There's a massive benefit when the success pathways are created because they provide a foundation to build on year after year. Think of it this way. If you had 10 salespeople and they all have the same role, your success pathway will be almost identical for every one of those people with the exception of their personal development, personal growth goals, those kinds of things. But the rest of it is going to be almost identical. That means we are doing a role-specific pathway for employees and leaders We're also then building it for the future. You're building a hiring model to hire to. You're building scalability by knowing what the expectations are for every role in the organization. You're you're creating clarity. You're building trust. You're engaging people. You're inviting them to walk a pathway where they can be successful. So how is a success pathway similar to a strategic plan? Both start with clear goals and expectations. These are the outcomes we want to see. Both have KPIs of some kind created to focus efforts. And depending on how far the strategic plan goes into detail, both may have alignment factors to ensure that efforts are synergistic. Here's how a success pathway differs 
from a strategic plan. The success pathway has a success plan for the organization, for every leader, for every team, and for every employee. All of those in alignment with the overall goals of the organization. It is a true cascading process. Each success pathway clearly spells out the expectations, ensures understanding, provides equipping and development, has specific measures that are visible to everyone involved, and provides insight into why it's important. Why should we do this? We're humans. We want to know the with them. What's in it for me? What's in it for my team? What's in it for me as a leader? If we don't help people understand the why, your engagement levels are never going to grow past a certain point. Success pathways are a complete planning process that contains everything that's needed to empower success throughout the organization. So I've created a tool that we use, and it's embedded in our online courses, basically two of our online courses, the leading teams to become high-performing teams, and then cultivating accountability. Here's what it looks like. I've come up with an acronym, Success Pathway. I'm going to use the word success. The first thing is self-awareness. The employee, and let's just talk about a success pathway for a specific role, a specific employee. Self-awareness. The employee is made aware of their role, the impact that it has, and the resources that are available to them. The U stands for understand. Understand what acceptable behavior looks like, what acceptable performance looks like. The C, competencies needed. Be specific about what competencies are needed. Does this include specific certifications, professional designations, what kind of skills, what kind of development, ongoing learning? The second C in success, consequences. What are the specific consequences that are tied to performance and behavior? Remembering consequences can be positive or they can be negative. So we're talking about either rewarding or redirecting people. And that's a key element. So many organizations don't talk about the consequences of the right behavior, the right performance, or performance that's not up to standard. Those are drivers of performance, and people want to know how good they're doing. And the, the worst thing you can do is wait till you get to an annual evaluation and then sit somebody down and say, remember that thing you did 11 months ago? And I've sat in on performance evaluation presentations where a manager has done exactly that. And that is insane. Why would you do that? Why would you wait 11 months to say something to someone about a behavior or a performance that you wanted changed? The E 
stands for expectations. And this is a critical part of the success pathway. What specific and measurable goals and KPIs must be met within certain time frames? People need to understand those expectations. They need to be as clear as they can possibly be. The first S in success at the end of the word is schedule. Schedule regular coaching and review meetings to track progress, answer questions, provide support, and guide the employee throughout the process. And the last S in success is supervise. Actively supervise the employee throughout the process. This includes a consistent performance evaluation and coaching. This approach can work with individuals in their roles. It can work with teams. It actually can work with the entire organization. You adapt the acronym a little bit. You adapt the way we word, but, but the key tenets are the same. I recommend you think about using the success pathway guide to create a success pathway for someone. I have this in a recent blog article. So go look for uh, a recent blog article about success pathways. You'll see it on our website. And you can, you can download this portion of it where it will help guide you to create a success pathway. Once you've done that and really understand the process and, and experience it, you'll find that this whole strategic planning thing becomes so much simpler because you're dealing with every critical aspect of planning for success, which is really what a strategic plan is supposed to be. But somewhere along the way, the process has, has become so cumbersome that it's just not as effective as it should be consistently. Maybe you want to use the success pathway for yourself. Maybe you want to create something for yourself using the success pathway to keep you on track for your growth and your success. I hope you'll use this tool and I hope you'll consider this different way of planning. From the organizations that we've worked with, it has become a highly engaging process, very well accepted and very successful. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQFIT. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior and performance in the workplace. We also love hearing your suggestions and ideas. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at gscfit. Com. For more information and inspiration, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course our website, eqfit.org.